0: Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices of practical guitars to below. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitars Podcast. Subscribe using your Chosen Podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Guitars, or on Twitter as at Guitars. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitarspodcast.threadless.com and donate to us via Patreon, available at patreon.com slash practicalguitars. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitars.com hello Jim hi David it is very early in the afternoon for change um it is well it's, well, it's 5 30 but it's but it's significantly earlier than we normally record <laughs> um yeah uh so I woke up today and thought it was father's day and yeah, my we, my wife also thought it was father's day that's all right no oh, I missed the rehearsal over it though to rehearsal. <laughs> <That's> the rehearsal. <thing. laughs> See, you, you, you did a good thing. I, <laughs> I, then, I, I didn't find out about it until noon, and I went, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> My wife said it to me, and I literally, I it like it took like four or five seconds to sink in. So, whole thing, um, advertising retailers, stop sending me your Father's Day this Sunday kind of messages a week in advance right all um, right <laughs> start on monday please <laughs> um so first of all it's a made-up holiday i know nobody cares i Who like it a- when the kids do things for me it's like look like and clean and don't treat me like mountains. crap it's nice when they don't treat me like crap that that's wonderful i really appreciate that well, now my kids are great one, day of, the year. one, one of my day. one of my kids i think is in the room right now they're they're great so yeah. I got i got no complaints there but um yeah, so I spent the morning kind of like getting prepared for the Gear Fest stuff, and setting up camera equipment, and testing things, and charging things up, and I I made some last minute purchases of some camera equipment, but it like I don't even know if it was necessary, um, but it's going to be real cool. Like I have you know the I have stabilizer and all that now, so yep, it, it'll look a lot better this year than it did last year. And uh, we got some stuff planned. I mean, it's gonna be fun. So yeah. Jim and I were just discussing how Gear Fest is gonna work, and like the first thing he, said, he the first thing I'm doing is I'm going to the the deal zone, that that which is like an area of tables where they have all the really crazy deals, like the fifty seven dollars fifty sevens, SM fifty sevens, and stuff like that. And I was like, no, don't worry about that stuff. They'll have that. Don't worry. I was like, if you really, I said the first place you need to go is right out to the B stock tent, and just charge through there as fast as you can to see what's there because that's the stuff that gets picked over almost immediately. You
1: know what sucks? So I'm going there poor this year. I'm going there cash poor this year. So I'm I'm probably not going to pick up much. But get the, get I'll the get,
0: ideas. get an increase in your gear card.
1: Yeah, that's just what I need. I, I oh. know a certain listener who who can tell you that sometimes increasing your gear card is not a good idea.
0: Yeah, my uh, me and me in fact can tell you that that's not a good idea. But I will, I will be signing up for the Sweetwater Gear Fest card just so I can get the discount they give. It goes along Bad. with it. Um, if they do the twenty-four months zero interest financing, I might do it. But I'm going to use it to do the three easy payments. Yep. And then i might just so I can keep the money in the bank account longer. I mean, that's I. That's really the only reason to do it. Because if you think about it, then you make interest on it if the money's in the bank account. So you know, it's it's pennies, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it's
1: not even a penny I don't yeah. think, you'd have, to have a lot of you have to spend a lot of money to make that worth a,
0: a full penny well Jim, we've talked about some of the things I'm gonna buy, which will remain a secret because it's gonna yes, be part are. of the show yes, but um yeah the uh the <laughs> I'm gonna drop a lot more money than I thought it was. let's just put it that way, and I'm not happy about it. I'm not excited about it actually i'm I'm borderline having ulcers and panic attacks over it. So, yeah. yeah and, well,
1: you've already made step one towards it.
0: That's the thing. Well, yeah, because I've I've accepted it. Step one is acceptance. No,
1: well, <laughs> step one. Step two is is selling gear to get it. It's oh fun. yeah,
0: I have sold. What did I sell this week? I sold the Helix, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, did I sell something else? Oh, I sold a computer last week, I mean this oh, week yeah. i'm selling i sold my helix i sold or I'm selling a rack that i've been that's been collecting dust for a while um my katana head is not up yet, but that's i'm gonna give a show listener first dibs on that um somebody in particular and then after that, like I'm I'm out of things to sell other than the guitars that are already up on reverb and I'm not taking like huge deals on those. Um right, right. I did I did make a counter offer to a guy on my SG for eight eighty. But I but I could I could have shipped that and I probably would have still been over nine hundred. Um yeah. which it which is not nine thousand, but it's nine hundred. And um <clears throat> no super CN for me. Um did you and, accept it? Huh uh, he has not declined it yet so there's there's still time <laughs> i I kind of hope so because uh then I can then I can kind of get the ball rolling on my keysel actually I said I said to my wife today that I would probably just order my keysel as soon as that sells, but I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just gonna stick the money in the bank account and then I actually have like a like a separate bank account that I can stick it in to hold on to um, and that's probably what I'll do is just to keep it safe until I'm ready because I'd like to have as much of that money as possible before that happens right. uh, other thing I wanted to apologize to um, our show listener who won the Great Lakes guitar pickups he knows who he is <laughs> oh my god you're still holding on to me <laughs> I meant to send him last week and I didn't have time because my wife was actually out of town last week and I'm, I'm going to try to go after this episode and see if I can stick him in the post office um yeah. just so I can get him out of here. Cause I cause I need to get in his hands. Um it was one of the warly people, wasn't it? Who won him? I have to look at my I got it in notes. I got it written down. Um but yeah, so if you're waiting for <laughs> Great Lake's pin cups, there's a pretty good chance they haven't sent them to you yet. <laughs> no, by not- the time you hear this, they should be on their way. So yeah. and you and I you'll understand. know about it because I'll send you a private message and we'll have a conversation about it. Fine. <laughs>
1: Um, I have not posted, uh, but I got the Telecaster pickups for this one. Yep. And uh, our intention is to demo them with Nick Bonders, the, the guy who built them. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're going to demo them at the Sweetwater thing uh, as a get-together. Um, th- so they'll be in that Telecaster right there behind me. and well, uh, those I want to hear them
0: through all everybody's rig that's there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be cool that we'll all, you'll hear several hands. You'll hear at least Dave, myself and Nick, uh, Tom bongers, uh, Kish. Um, <clears throat> so that's going to be a group of people, um, away at them. and, uh, the other thing, uh, is that we're, um, then we'll take them out and we'll do a giveaway. Maybe we'll, uh, pick a winner while we're there. Who knows?
0: Um, ideally, uh, um,
1: yeah, ideally we can pull a name out of my hat. Why should I pull a rabbit out of my hat?
0: Again, I pull pull rabbits out of other places, but that's only because I'm a little uncouth. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, uh, Jim knows that my mouth is probably fouler than most human beings. I I I I wasn't in the Navy, but I could keep up with you. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, try me. (laughs) You probably have heard the exotic four letter words that I may not know about yet. That is true. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I got the I got the opportunity. I went to I've been going to Guitar Center on these like weekly pilgrimages, just to pillage what they have either new or used that yeah. I haven't seen before or haven't played through a lot. Um, and when I was in there yesterday, um, I played it, oh, I played a fifty-one fifty, the wow. the you know fifty-one fifty-three, uh, the EL thirty-four version. Okay. 50 watts. That thing sounds pretty good. I I, I got to sit and tweak it long enough that I could kind of get some sounds out of it. I was digging the blue channel. Like, Mm -hmm. it's got a green, blue, and a red channel, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe the the blue channel is supposed to be the bluesy channel, which is like wild crunch, right? And I didn't, I mean, I wasn't pushing the gain on it. Um, The funny part was I went to the gain channel, and I had the gain at like 9 o'clock or lower. Right. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm just using the Mark V. The Mark V has gobs of gain, but they don't let it get to the point where it's like oversaturated, like the fifty-one fifty gets like at around noon. Um, so for me, it's like just, just, just touch the gain knob and I'm good. <laughs> like I don't really need, I don't really need more than that. Exactly. And the other thing I got to try, which which I mentioned, I saw one in there a couple of weeks ago, and I just didn't have the heart to make the Guitar Center employees fiddle with it. I tried the Kemper. So um, how do you like it? Um, so the Kemper itself, the, the, the head, um, cause I, they had the power head, right? It's like 2,200 bucks for the power head. Um, the first thing that we had a problem with, cause I actually did have the heart to ask a guitar so, uh, center employee to come in, like, come over here and look at this. And, uh, so he comes over and he tries to help me set it up and he couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> so, Um, I pull up the manual on my phone and I kind of coax him through the process and we get it set up and we get some sound out of it. And so the my first reaction was, God, this thing sounds dark because it was plugged into an orange two by 12. And that I I will say that is not the right cabinet for that amp for sure, but probably not the right cabinet for it. And then I'm going to piss some people off. But orange cabs, they're not my friend. I think they suck. Uh, yeah, I'm not I have never seen a cab that can swallow up your treble frequencies faster than an orange cab can. Um, and, the, and the bass is like, you know, have you ever seen one of those people who – no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> gonna, uh, I don't want to do that. Let's talk about uh, – <laughs> let's talk about, you know, a deflated
1: basketball. Does, or, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, an orange does this to the sound. That's to me. Yeah, that's- it
0: does. It does. Um, it, it, but the low end sounds like a deflated basketball. Like yeah. it just sounds flabby and like overdone, like it's been beat with a rubber hose or something to that extent. Um, yep. So, I, yeah, All right. So here's the thing the camper, it sounds good. Like it sounds just as good as the Helix or the or, and I'm sure the AxeFX. Um, I don't. Ha- I have very limited experience with AxeFX. Played one for like 30 seconds one time. Um, the the Kemper interface is dated. It's seven years old now, and it shows it. Um, I will say that the one that I was using was crashing <laughs> while I was using it scroll backwards, in the preset's far enough, and all of a sudden, it would go, freak out! And then it would have this me- the thing on the menu that says, take a picture of this error code and send it to Kemper. <laughs> um, now, I've since been told that that, that that error message is actually a result of um, uh, they shipped out some firmware on uh, the latest run, and some of them have a corrupted patch. So, basically, Kemper says just re- re- uh, reset the factory settings, which should correct the issue. Um, okay which I could have done, didn't know how at the time. Now I know how. Um, so it's, I mean, it, that's a, it's a null issue at this point. But um, so I have, a couple of, I have a couple of things that terrify me about owning something like a Kemper, right? 600-watt power amp. Now, the guys in the store are first going, well, it's solid state. I don't care whether it's solid state or not. If it pumps out 600 watts, you can blow a cab with it easily. Okay? Now, theoretically, if you keep it dialed back, you should be fine as long as it's the proper ohm rating. But you got to be sensible with it. you got to know your limitations because if you hit that thing hard enough, you're going to blow the speaker cab you're you're running it through. Um, Even a 4x12 in some cases doesn't have a 600-watt handling capacity. No. Typically, a 4x12 is about
1: 110 watts, 120 watts.
0: Well, the Did logic have, behind uh, the 600 watts is that you're going to run it into a PA cab, an unpowered PA cab, right? Yeah. Um, which, but there's, there's merit to that, right?
1: I, I'm going to say something about the 600 watts. So one has to remember there's, there's two things that are going to be involved in the 600 watts. They, they, when, it, when a system says it's 600 watts or 1,000 watts or 10,000 watts, um, first of all, nine times out of ten, they're not talking about RMS, although they're supposed to be. Um, so that's um, 600 watts, probably the
0: peak. Well, um, that and, and that's fine. 600 yeah. watts peak can blow up your cab. Here, here's and, here's and, what you're getting at, though. Is you're talking about tube compression and wattage? It's totally different than solid state wattage.
1: Right, and I'm going to say this about cabinets: um, you're not going to be emulating, so it's not going to do a, a, a wider frequency band because you're not going to be do cab cab emulation. When you send, when you send um, 600 watts to an FRFR, you're, you're telling that FRFR style um, uh, PA cab, hey, I need you to take 600 watts of broad frequency band. When you send it to a, um, a guitar cab, you send a, bit, a much smaller frequency band. Because what happens is the, the cabinet, I shouldn't even say frequency band, the cabinet creates that band of frequency. <clears throat> and the cabinet also um, creates the push and pull against the amplifier. Um, now, I'm not saying you can't blow it up. I'm certainly I'm certainly not gonna say you can't blow it up with 600 watts. And the smart thing to do with something like that would be to turn it down, bring it up slowly until you get to a point that <clears throat> you're not gonna blow things up. But make sure, number one, the cabinet emulation is off, which you should be doing anyway, otherwise it's gonna sound like crap. You say, wow, Unless
0: you're plugged into a PA cab. If right. you're plugged into a PA cab, you need it on. But that limited frequency band thing doesn't have anything to do with how much power it's putting out, really. It might have well, to do with how it's going to sound. But it's but if you're hitting... So, as far as the speaker's concerned, it doesn't care whether it's low-end watts or high-end watts. If you're exceeding the speaker specification, you're going to blow the voice coil or you're going to are going to rip the cone. Okay, right, but I've, I've maxed down
1: um, a 100-watt cab into a 100-watt up into a 30 watt speaker
0: yeah you can do that <clears throat> yeah. it, it, the, the, because typically the speaker handling is actually higher than its rating but they're telling you they're not warrantying it beyond that rate correct um and and a lot of it has to do with like so how long did you let the voice go cook for and like <laughs> i know it sounds ridiculous but there's a lot of factors that go into that um yeah and I, but I, but I can tell you, I, I've been Googling around and I found some people who've actually blown up their, their uh, cabs to the Kemper before. So I'm sure they have. And it's I'm not. not I'm just saying that their purpose for, for putting that power amp in is not really to drive a guitar cab. They can act like that's the general purpose of it, but the real purpose of it was to drive a PA cab, which is fine. Like I just wish they would come out and say, you know what? We really don't want people to drive guitar cabs with this or put selectable wattage on the damn thing.
1: Like, well, they okay. So, um, uh, mission engineering creates a two by 12 slant cap that's meant for the camera. How many watts? And what's that? How, how many, many watts? It's only rated for 200 watts,
0: right? That's a problem. And and it's it just comes down to the fact that, like, to get 600, 600 watts power handling, you're gonna it need. <laughs>
1: some yeah, significant
0: beef in the speakers. I'm just saying
1: it's built for it. when I was talking about the wattage over large okay so how do I explain it? um if if I'm trying to push a PA cab to have base frequency response, the PA cab needs more wattage to
0: get that base low end yeah frequency. because you're trying to move the you're trying to move the cone but if you so like let's say you do the same thing if you set a thousand watts to a horn that's rated at 300 watts, I, it doesn't care what frequency it is. It's no. just power. It's raw power. Correct. That's that's why they don't give you like oh cool, fifty fifty volt or you know fifty watts at this frequency. Mm-hmm. Like it, it that doesn't make any difference to them. Right. right. It's, it's, it, it's go ahead. It, it does speak somewhat to the.
1: Um, I, I want to say two things. Number one, that does speak somewhat to the old um, don't play a bass to a guitar kind thing. Um, and it also speaks somewhat to the the the, the fact that they, um, mission engineering, who let's let's face it, they, when they build their stuff to um, they this, you can bet your rear end that that mission engineering cab will handle
0: the Kemper. They're yeah, oh, I'm sure it will. But but they, even the Kemper manual says, listen for the cone cry. You oh, want to yeah. be able to hear those speakers start to crap out. And that's how you know, stop, don't do this. And I I think that's ridiculous because I'm like, you should just be able to go into the software and tell it, I only want to put out hundred watts.
1: Right. And I was talking about that with the intelligence. I'm saying, you know, they should have some intelligence to say, oh, you know what? I'm not doing CAD emulation Ergo, I don't want to push that much water.
0: Now, with regards to what we were talking about just now, when i was talking about speak you know like speaker handling i'm not talking about the cones right like right. you can the cone will will have some different impact based on like whether it's a bass frequency that goes through it and that's why people say don't play a plug a bass amp into or a bass into a guitar amp or right you know yeah. like that, not vice versa because that obviously the cones on bass speakers are significantly heavier but yeah. um yeah that's one way to blow up a speaker but the more common way is to fry the voice coil because you put too much power through it and you do that, the speaker's done. Like yeah. you can't even have it reconed.
1: Yeah, you need a you need a new speaker.
0: Yeah, so that's what I was getting at. So for for folks at home, like uh, I wasn't disagreeing with Jim on the on the whole situation. Like I I get that. I just don't like the whole part about the voice coil frying. It doesn't care whether it's bass or treble. All it cares about <laughs> is how much heat is that generating.
1: Right. Does that all make I'm sense? Saying, yeah, and all I'm saying is I can bet that you know. There's always somebody who it's happened to me, you know, everybody it's happened to me. Uh, and then once some, uh, my cousin, I, I had three cousins that happened to them because it's always happened to somebody. It's so I'm just saying that if, if you'd heard of Kemper's blowing stuff up, you, you would not see as many of them on the road as you do that. <clears throat> so there is, there is a certain amount of, and there's a certain amount of intelligence you can blow you could blow your your own amp up without anything extra. You can blow your your guitar amp. up.
0: Mm.
1: I, I'm not saying I, I will do it, but you can
0: do it. So what's the uh, which cabinet are we talking about? Are you talking about the uh, the KM 12 212? KM 212P, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and you can tell that that's clearly designed with the Kemper in mind. Yeah. But but you know what's weird? Is the expression pedal for the Kemper says Kemper expression pedal? Like it is, it's like they had a deal with them, like they had the Line Six expression pedal as well, Um, which kind of makes me wonder if Kemper didn't officially sign off on this. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Like
1: they put put KM and P in the in the naming convention.
0: Well, Um, there's a big reason why Mission wouldn't have signed off too, because Kemper's got their own cabinets coming out.
1: Exactly. As a matter of fact, I know they they announced them at Nam, so I don't know if they're out yet.
0: No, they're not. Yeah. They, in fact, uh, the only people that knows where they're going to be out is Kemper. <laughs> so, Kemper um, I've been, I went, I did, because in light of this episode, I went and read read up. Um, but so here's the, here's the thing, Kemper is not for everybody, right? Like if and I don't want to poo poo the Helix and say you know hey the the Helix is not a professional level tool I owned one for two years like it is definitely a good modeller it does certain things better than others and I, what I'll say is this it does effects in general way better than the the Kemper um, but I think most players who who are worth their salt kind of don't need, and I'm not trying to insult people who do rely on effects because we all know there's David Gilmores and stuff like that out there, but I'm saying like most players don't really rely on the effects as much. They might find a little bit more value in Kemper. Um, And I think if, so if you're like the Helix is a direct competitor with Axe Effects. I don't think Kemper has a competing product. I really don't. I think it does. It does its own thing. Um, I know a lot of people like, Oh, it's a modeler. I, I, for one thing, yes, it's a modeler, but not in the same way. So the other ones are component modelers. The Kemper is not a component modeler, all right. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, that—that's for better or worse. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> comment too much on Kemper's functionality. You've all heard about it, like you know how it works. But I will say this: the the modeling and it's good. It's not, uh, you know, it's not going to redefine the world. Good, but it's but it's good enough for, for professional use, and that's why it's in the hands of people like Mark Doppler right now. Um, so. Long story short, right. Kemper's cool. I, I, I mean, I'd gig with one. I'd, bu- i buy one like someday. I think I'd wait until the next version. To be honest with you, I want to see what happens uh, with because the thing's been around for like ever now. You know, seven years or whatever, eight years, and um, they're still upgrading firmware. They're still supporting the product, but I gotta imagine there's going to be a Kemper two at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that they probably slipped in some. <clears throat> Some uh, upgrades, such as um, sometimes when you when you can't buy this component or that component because it's been phased out by the company that built it, you got to buy a new one. Um, if you buy a PlayStation Four <coughs> today, it's not the same PlayStation Four as I have.
0: It's got it. has got a new, you know. Well, it's still a PlayStation Four and things still load. With this being a digital product, I mean, they could mm-hmm. conceivably just use modern parts, apply the software to modern parts. Exactly. That's not it, super hard. Right, and so all I'm saying is like, um, uh,
1: well, we were just talking about the mission engineering uh, guitar cab. The mission engineering guitar cab is actually it's it's kind of a misnomer because it's not a guitar cab. It's a speaker that is that is um, two <coughs> for modelers. Um, yeah, the Kemper, have... like, like what you were talking about. The Kemper does what they call a profile, not a model.
0: Yeah, so, I mean it's a model. It's the same shit. It, you can it's it's you know a pencil is a pencil is a pencil, like yes, kind of deal. Yeah,
1: I, I know that, but what I'm talking about is that it models. I guess the way it does it is different.
0: Yes, yeah, definitely component yeah, modeling yeah. versus sound modeling.
1: Right. You can't take a helix and go. You know what? I'm going to model my amp that I have right here.
0: No, not the it, helix, uh, but you could do it with the Axe Effects. Yeah, you could take a Kemper and model that amp that's sitting there, yeah. Or an XFX. Well, the XFX. So that's the thing. The XFX has tone match, right? Which is it uses an internal model and then it tweaks it to sound like the the amp that you tone match. Yeah, I've heard tone match stuff, and it's not. It's not bad, but it doesn't sound as good as the original source. It doesn't sound like the original source. Whereas the Kemper. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. Like, it sounds as close as you're gonna get to the original source in digital, right? Like, it's pretty ridiculous how how, uh, close it can get. Um, but I just feel like, uh, excuse me, Mm -hmm. (coughs) I just feel like, uh, I feel like there's some better. um, I it's still my my I keep coming back to the price, man. Like $2,200 without the foot controller, right? So the foot controller yeah. adds another 400 bucks,
1: yeah.
0: And I mean, I could buy a, a Triple Crown from Mesa and a cab for $2,600. Correct. Now, I'm not going to have 10 amps in the Triple Crown, but at the same time, it's like I get full control over the EQs and because that's the one thing the Kemper – that video I sent you today, the guy talking about it, He's talking about the EQ controls actually functioning more like a board EQ on the microphone itself, right. not the amp. And that's a good distinction. So if you're comfortable in a studio environment, I think the Kemper might actually work out better for you than buying a Triple Crown and you know that whole whole side of things. Now, I've used a Triple Crown as a reference because it's a typical head in a typical cabinet type situation. Um, but end of day, right? Um, it's twenty six hundred bucks. It's German. Um, it's well engineered. It it's solid. I I that was the one thing that always like kind of freaked me out when I see them. It's like it looks like it's plastic. It is not plastic. It is it is metal construction. Um, it's well laid out and well thought out. So if you're interested in Kemper, you can ask me questions in the group or whatever. I'm gonna kill this segment for now. Um, well, can I say one thing before you get done? Sure. That the, the objective.
1: Whether you're looking at a Kemper, an XFX, or a Line 6 Helix, the objective is a completely different thing as to somebody who walks out and says, you know what, I'm getting a triple crown. Because the triple crown will do the best triple crown. No right. profile. none That exists on this planet or another will be a better triple crown than the triple
0: crown. Well, that's a terrible That's a terrible example that I used because there are versatile lamps out there. I could buy a Rivera, right? And that's going to give me Marshall and Fender and and potentially vox cuz if you've used a reverb you know the ninja boost can get you into Voxy territory as well. So I mean like there are versatile amps out there. If you if you have, you know, cuz let's be honest Jim, we've talked about this before. Most guys only need like four sounds. They need a high gain yeah. sound, they need a JCM 800, they need a plexi and they need a and they need a Fender combo. Yeah, well
1: that's what I was getting at is whether okay, well, let's use the reverb. Let's use the uh, let's use whatever. No No profiler is going to to be as good or the same as that thing. The profiler is for the person, kind of like me, who needs to be able to go out there and play country in one second, metal in another, punk in another, Scott in another. And and I've got to have those otherwise for, for three hours. It's one thing to go see Rush. Rush is Rush for three hours. Right. <clears throat> right A uh, mm-hmm. ghost is ghost for 2 hours on stage i have to be all of them and and i have to be able to go from the softest to the loudest to the to the most driven to the least all in in you know one set
0: so yeah i i that, know that's we, what we, it's kind of made we've perfect. talked about this before though yeah. too like i kind of feel like people overdo that shit like I feel like people get really stuck on the idea of like matching the tone of the original recording. I think if you get in the family of sounds, you'll get by.
1: <coughs> and that's, that's the other side of it. There's always that side of it. What I'm, what I'm trying to say without, I, I may not be saying enough.
0: I know you played devil's advocate enough. too. So <laughs>
1: yeah. is that I'm, I'm saying that if I'm going to play David, it, it, all right. If, if I'm going to a bar, which is a much more intimate location than say a, a 10,000 street um, seat arena. Okay. And I've got to go from song to song to song. The listener, I'm going to make the listener tired by listening to a small band of frequencies versus a much, or, or tones call called tones versus a much larger, wider band of tones. Um, so that's all I'm trying to say is that, that it gives you that palette. It gives you that, that, that wide and broad range of things. I'm not saying that I would spend, I, I'm not that person. I'm too, gosh, darn lazy. I, I spent an hour and a half building six uh, uh, patches, patches but- or actually 12. I'm sorry. 12 <clears throat> patches in my, in my um, MS3. And I was like, Oh, I'm so exhausted. I'm so, Not wanting to do anymore, but
0: I know I got to put together a couple more. Uh, Can we talk about, I got a tandem, I got a tandem topic. You're talking about boring the listener, right? So if, now this is, this is where we're going to get into some acoustic science stuff. Right. But um, I want to, I want to kind of back off and like look at that from a different perspective. So if you are concerned about the listener being not we we're now we're not talking about being bored because I know that's what you were kind of getting at. Um, what I'm talking about specifically is fatigue on the ears, yeah. and that's been a complaint about modeling equipment, right? Um, and actually, some analog equipment as well is that it's fatiguing on the ears. Um, that after a certain period of time, your ears are like I can't handle this, and that's really uh, it's a really a function of 2.5 k and above certain frequencies that get boosted there. So a lot of people don't realize that you can just you know, EQ some of that out. And it, you may not cut the mix as well, perceivably, um, at first, but after people's ears wor- warm up to it, they're going to be way more happy than if you were beaming them. <laughs> I call it beaming when you, when you have that, that thing that makes your ears hurt. Um, but Yeah, we, I've talked
1: about that before. When a band goes to 10, they don't care what that 10 is. When you go to 10, right out the gate, you've already, you've already warned your listeners out. Um, yep. um, and that, that's going to wear on people. I, I have, um, I, I do that here. I'll, I'll sit, you know, Marshall's sitting over here where you can't see it. I'll sit where um, I've got a certain thing going. Like I was doing it today. I was on the clean channel. I was like, oh, that sounds really good. really. And then I went to the, I, I put it into the crunch channel then I went back to the clean channel. I was like, I can't even hear that. <laughs> it's just, because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So you have to give yourself a second to go, okay, it's not as low as I think it is. But it's like driving down the street. You're going along, right? And you're going 75 miles an hour to 65. And then you see a cop. You slow down to 65. And then you're like, wow, I cannot believe how slow I'm going. Because 65 is certainly extremely slow. You know, or you're listening to the radio and you and you're going along, you know, and you get to the you get to the store, you turn the radio off, get back in the car, you turn it back on, you're like, whoa, that is so loud. Who got in here and turned my radio off? It was fine ten minutes ago when you went to the store. Well, if it's Walmart, it's an hour ago, but because they don't hire anybody to check you out. <laughs> but you know, you leave the store and it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I was listening to it, this loud. And, that, and that's what I'm talking about, that wearing. So it, and it doesn't matter if it's volume, but it doesn't matter if it's frequency. But you're right about frequencies in that there are certain frequency bands, really low and really high. If you shelve them a little bit, you can you can um, save a little bit on the listener as well. So I just, I don't know, I, I made a decision that I'm buying a Kemper next year, so I'm, you know, I I've been looking at certain things, and I went, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna set
0: myself You'll be more and- than happy with it. I yeah. I just um I think folks that are looking at them like you need to still recognize uh, it's not it's not the same as owning the amps that are in it and yeah. that you buy for it. But I mean, they will give you close enough approximations that you'll be happy. Um, so. We had a, a three
1: thousand. dollars That's at least it's
0: pricey, man. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know if I can. I mean, if I could even consider doing something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we've had private conversations about my financial situation, so you know what I'm talking about. But, um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, uh, we had a uh thread in a group, and I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling hard um to find it um that we wanted to talk about on the show. Yeah, but we don't want to point anybody out. No, no one specifically. Yeah, well. But if you
1: read the thread, if you do a search for the thread, you'll find
0: it. Yeah, you'll know who said it. <laughs> so this listener says, just out of curiosity, how do you all personally define practical as it relates to gear? And um, he goes on, there's more to it than that. And I, it was a good discussion because I think a lot of people in here wow. um, had some really insightful ways of defining practical as it relates to guitar playing. Um, but I wanted to, so I, I I went off and had a novel, right? And I wanted to read some of that and uh, just kind of define exactly what I was getting at when I said it. Um, so I said, so I posted the definition of practical, right? Uh, that was a big part of it. And practical, as it as it is, is uh, an adjective describing of or concerned with the actual doing or use of something rather than uh, with theory and ideas, or of an idea plan or method likely to succeed or be effective in real circumstances feasible. Right. Um, and so bear that in mind as I, as I read some of this. So I, I said that, um, practical has an accepted definition, right. And I said that, uh, this has all been addressed on our show before. Um, I'm not, I wasn't really sure why everyone thinks they're crazy or that we're, uh, we are crazy for having you know seven hundred to two thousand dollars guitars, when well, that's basically the mid market now. Um, a PRS, it's going to be better than a square bullet, right? I mean, that's and that was my response was yes. Is someone going to argue for the Squire every day? Does it matter on stage? Probably, but that depends on the player. Definitely covered that on the show. Should uh, be should it be, uh, should, it be uh, should it being a square bullet impact a buying decision? Yes. If you play out and need something that will last without turd polishing, no. If you're going to buy it and let it collect dust in your basement, this has been covered on the show. <laughs> um, does used value have anything to do with a guitar being good? Absolutely not. This also has been on this show. Um, does it matter where a guitar comes from? Nope, but it can affect craftsmanship and wood selection, as many players assume guitars from Indonesia and terrible are, are terrible, and uh, the brands getting court to build them don't want to f- a fight an uphill ho- quality control battle. This has been on the show, and yes, it has multiple times. Um, and I've owned several court guitars, so that's a big part of it. In fact, I still own several court guitars. Uh, does anyone really believe you? Uh, you can pick up a new guitar for a hundred dollars and have it compete with a guitar costing three thousand dollars without putting a ton of work into it? I know I certainly don't. Um, can you take a ninety-nine dollar guitar and make it as good as a thousand-dollar guitar? Depends. Do you think wood matters? Um, How much money do you want to sink into it? Because it's going to cost you at least $600 and 20 plus hours. I know because I've completely gutted guitars and uh, we've done this on the show. Um, See any of our episodes about the shingze. Does anyone believe that a $3,000 guitar is necessary for weekend warrior gigs? I sure hope not. Uh, This has been covered on the show in probably a quarter of our episodes. (laughs) Um, does anyone realize that I've only ever owned four USA guitars, and they were all sub two thousand dollars? Does anyone realize that I've owned nineteen guitars, or some absurd number like that? Clearly, there isn't a bias here. Like, I I like inexpensive guitars. I just don't like them as much as the nicer stuff that I've been able to save up and get. Um, and actually, the inexpensive guitars have been the bridge for me to get to the expensive stuff. So, like, I'll get a bunch of them and then I'll sell them all and then I'll buy something nice. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's that's basically what happens. Like, you play long enough, you accumulate gear. And you can flip that gear into things that you really want. You just gotta not form attachments to the gear that you're playing, which is tricky. Like, uh, to be honest with you, it's tricky. I, I know people who have attachments to guitars that are, for lack of a better word, valueless. Um, so... I, did, I wanted to make it clear that, that um, we've covered a lot of this on the show before. Like The show is focused on our definition of practical, which is essentially um, our show is focused not so much on the amateur guitar player as much as the pro-am, meaning the people that are actually like getting out and gigging or like have the money to get some decent stuff, and, and they're going to use it for something. Um, that's not to say that bedroom players are, don't have a voice in our community or on our show. But it's just that that's not where the market's focused either. Like, it, it, if the market were focused there, Fender would have a lot more money wrapped up in the Squire series, promoting and producing them. Um, because, but I think what really goes on is that they, they want bedroom players to buy the $3,000 guitar. And that's a big part of it. Because we know there are more bedroom players than there are pro amps. Like, there's got to be. Um, that's just from my experience walking around, like, even you, you go to work and you're the guy's like, you, you say, Oh, you play guitar? You know, you ever have one of those conversations where somebody's like, Oh, I didn't know you played guitar. And you're like, Yeah. And then they're, I've been playing for like two years. And you're like, Okay. You know, you're like, Yeah. Okay. But that happens a lot. And there's a lot of them out there. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a bedroom player um, or even, you know, tr- aspiring to be a gigging musician. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but our point is that we focus on practical, which means in practice, and that's a big part of this, right? Um, so there were some great opinions shared in here, other than mine too. Um, go back to the top here. So Paul talks about uh, Paul Pickley. Uh, he talks about supporting his son, his son through his musical journey. Finding the best places to spend money is very important to him, and that's and that's a big part of what's being practical. is like knowing when it's appropriate to do this. Because, like, for example, and, and I've been impractical, right? I bought $800 overdrive pedals and stupid stuff like that. Um, and it, it, you, you quickly find out what's important to you. Like, look at me. I bought a Helix, right, two years ago when the show started. I bought the Helix with the intention of replacing my pedal board. I had it for two years, and then I realized I don't even need this many effects. Like, this, this is really not doing a whole lot for me. And I would rather have a couple of effects that are really high quality that have every effect under the sun. Um, so I just got to make sure that whatever product I get has the stuff I need in it. And that's it. Um, that's why I sold my Helix, by the way, folks, is I'm looking at other products uh, that can do a similar thing um, and provide me similar functionality for less money that don't have every bell and whistle under the sun in it. Um, so that's a big part of it. And I'm probably going to walk away from the, the stomp as well, the Helix Stomp, because um I know a lot of people are really into that thing. I just I, I look at that thing and see how limited it is and it's I I know that will be a problem for me. Um it's a great competitor for the for the Eventide H nine. I will say that. But but uh I think the Eventide has a has a leg up on certain things in there too. I think the delays in the Helix are a little weak and I think the reverbs are far weaker than the delays. Um, which is funny because Line 6 has always been good at delay. so um, Nevertheless, it, practical as it relates to this show, practical as it relates to people, it's, it's really a kind of double-edged sword. So I'm going to go on and I'm going to talk about some of these other people. It's like Ian Wood says that, um, the, uh, <laughs> that the one thing that, that you don't hear of often is a podcast called The Budget Guitarist Podcast. And he's, he says that he's just started a journey into pedals. And he's looked up the prices of some of the name ones and thought, nope, I can't justify that. So he's been buying Chinese pedals. And um, I went on to respond because I was like, no, that's certainly valid. And, and actually, um, the Chinese pedals are great. But there are outlets where people talk about budget stuff, right? But the problem is those outlets quickly turn into talking about more expensive stuff. And there's a reason for that, okay? Because... I think, I think a lot of the gear related technical shows like YouTube shows and and podcasts feature people who they're wanting to make money doing this. And there's no money from, from, uh, the Chinese companies like Joyo, you know, like sponsoring your ads and all that. I mean, some people have gotten away with it, but it's not like they don't have the, the marketing capital that somebody like a fender or, um, boss has or you know any of those companies and even boss doesn't have that crazy marketing capital in in reality but some of the bigger companies here in the states do jhs the classic example he spends a lot of money on marketing i got i have to imagine his product is not that like the cost of his product is really low because he spends an insane amount of money on marketing i mean he's got a youtube channel where he posts a video like every week it's crazy um And all of his products get this massive YouTube rollout treatment, and that costs money. I know people who do those videos, and they take in money to make those videos. So this whole idea that, you know, these pedal companies are using uh, YouTube as free promotion, it's BS. Um, And money talks too. like, the companies that get their stuff out, and the ones that don't stay the same, right? And that's that's just the way of the world. So, um, I have had joyo pedals. I've had, uh, I had the vintage tube screamer thing that they make and, um, it was good. And actually I was told it was noisy. I didn't think it was that much noisier than the other pedals I owned until I turned it up when I would turn up the amp. Like I could hear low level background noise, um, more so when it was engaged than not, but I kind of have that problem with pretty much every overdrive pedal. So, um, I can't think that that's because of the construction or whatever. And frankly, even the construction of these pedals, JHS uses the same construction methodology, right? They use surface mount components, spec and then you know, populated on a PC board, be board by a machine, basically. And then they just heat the whole thing up, and everything's soldered in place, and it's done. And then they QC it, and they ship it out. Um, I know that's a generalization. I know I'm picking on JHS. That's fine. I don't. I don't mind picking on them. And I Josh is a good guy. Like he seems. Uh, he seems pretty genuine. My my wife thinks he's creepy as hell, but that that's cool. We can we can live with that. Um. Did you have anything you wanted to touch on, Jim? I know I've been talking for like ten minutes straight here. I. I think
1: that I spoke a little bit to practicality when it came to the um, the the thing that we were just talking
0: about. Yeah, I mean a Kemper is certainly a practical tool.
1: And it's, right, it's practicality that comes along with, uh, you know, how much do you want to be able to do what you've got to do? Um, sometimes practicality comes down to physical. Uh, I know there's somebody in the group that uses light guitars because of their back. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a practicality. They that's, don't
0: have, God, hey, I'm, I'm in that same boat right now. Um, there are people
1: who look at uh, a bit practicality is the one amp that does one thing really well on one guitar that does one thing really well there are the there are those who will play a uh, telecaster through a uh, blues jr or a uh, revert or deluxe and say that's it fender through fender and that's the best thing that ever happened since sliced bread there are those who say a fender through a marshall is the best thing uh, and so on and so forth so their practicality is I want what works for me in this situation, and that's what I think everybody's practicality is. And for some, it is a budget because practicality has to come down to I've only got five hundred dollars, and I don't have any more money than that. What am I going to do with that five hundred dollars? And they don't have time, or they don't want to take time. Whatever it is that that makes it that pushes them to say, "Okay, I'm going to spend this much money." And I'm going to get this rig or this gear. So I know I'm rambling a little bit, but the fact is the practicality is different from every, sing- for every single person. I've talked about um, one of the things that I want to be able to do. and Practicality will come down to having a very small rig with a very small number of guitars that goes into uh, doing a lot. Uh, let's look at... Um, Let's look at the uh, people who are who are professionals who play regularly. Uh, the folks there that are um, that uh, are on, say, American Idol or Voice, they use live musicians, which I think is a great thing. You know, those 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 shows could use tracks any day of the week, and they're still using live musicians. Um, the Tonight Show, that you know, those things, they're still using live musicians. So those those folks come in. They've got a rig that sits there. They've got a little rig in the in the practice room, and they've got a, another rig that's on the stage, you know, Saturday Night Live band. <clears throat> and they're, they're doing their things week to week to week to week. They've got to be able to cover um, a certain number of things, but you never really hear them worrying about, I've got to get this sound. We're going to do this song this week, which is a cover. Nine times out of the ten, they're playing 20 seconds or 18 seconds of a song that you've heard a million times over but they play their version of it, right? So the practicality of it is, I, I've got to get what I can out of this little rig that I've got there. And they may have one, sometimes two guitars with them. That's it. That's all they've got for that thing. There's the, there's also the road musician who's busking. And there are people who make a living busking. And what have they got? They've got a little, what is that Roland, uh, you can play, uh, it's a cube or something that you can bring down the subway and it's loud enough. And yeah, away. you're
0: talking about the uh, the Katana Air. Well, yeah, the Katana Air. There was a
1: Roland product that that,
0: Yeah, the, that cube. yeah, the, yeah. The, the little cube. Right yeah, but
1: that. all I'm saying is that they need it to be loud enough to be heard in frequencies that are good, but they also need to be able to sing over it, sometimes without any kind of PA whatsoever. There are those people. So... Um, I'm just saying practicality comes in different flavors and different forms. We're trying to talk to that those people who have different practicality. And you're right. We're not talking to the bedroom player who's never going to play in front of anybody. Because the truth is, they probably don't care about our show anyway.
0: <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, They probably hate us. They're really going to yeah. hate us after the next topic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, true. Stick around, folks. We're going to annihilate some people and probably get in trouble. Uh, um, we're going to make some people hate me. Yeah, God, I, I want to separate myself from this one because this is all Jim, okay? Um, Jim's opinions do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Practical Guitarist podcast. <laughs> we all, all hate mail inquiries. Please see Jim Woodard. That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. You um, can send it your hate mail directly to me. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get there in a second. Um, you're absolutely right. Practica- practicality has a lot to do with um, the function. Right, And that's something a lot of people miss, like, um, and I miss it because I'm like, I'm sitting here, I've got a mark five twenty five sitting next to me, and I'm complaining because it's too loud for my condo. That's not practical, is it? It's not no. practical. Um, what I should be doing is going direct with studio monitors and just being done with it. so long story short, it is what it is, like practical practicality i I, I don't want to give them. I, I do want to say one more thing about this this thread that happened, right? I don't want to give everybody the impression that I was angry with what was going on there. I was a little frustrated, but I was frustrated because I have been on both sides of that, right? So I've seen people there that get mad at people who spend money on gear. And I've seen people who go the other way, who get who get mad at people who don't spend money on gear. And like, it's easy to be on one side of that fence. It's hard to be on the line. And I think that's what I try to do is straddle that line because I do recognize the stuff I have costs money. Like I'm not going around flaunting it, but I, I, it's because I like it and I actually do use it. You know, it's not, if I wasn't the quality of player that I am, meaning I put in my 20 years, I've hit my 10,000 hours or whatever it is. Like I wouldn't be buying USA guitars. I didn't buy, i have been playing guitar almost 15 years when I bought my first USA guitar. I think like 13 years. Think about that for a minute though. Like that's, that's pretty significant. That should say something. Like, I don't really feel like you don't get the full benefit of having those guitars until you know how to use them properly. At, per, case in point, I was at guitar center the other day checking out the Kemper and there's a guy in the platinum room who had, um, he had a, no i thought it was a luxury he had a fender twin on five with a king of tone out front and a telecaster running into the king of tone right and he was shooting out custom shop telecasters with an american uh like the american vintage or whatever the one that's double bound the one you liked jim that you were talking about um and he asked my opinion he said what do you think about this? And he swapped and I, and I gave him my opinion. And it was basically one was, one was meatier. The other was more trouble heavy. Um, and he, he did prefer the sound of the custom shop, but he didn't prefer it. $1,500 better, which, which is very telling. And that's a practicality discussion where he said, you know what? This isn't worth $1,500 more. It just isn't. And so he made a, he made a judgment call and said he wouldn't buy it. Really interesting conversation with that gentleman. He's, um, local pro um and plays with a lot of names around here and um he was he was interested to hear the kemper too um but his 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 impression of the kemper was totally different than mine and this becomes he, co- he comes from the old school plug into an amp turn the controls and you're ready to rock and roll he's looking at me like trying to get this kemper going and he's like what and why would anybody ever want something this complicated then he heard it and he was like, oh, it sounds awful. And it was because of the cab. Right? It was yeah. all the cab. So he walked out of the room, went to the restroom, came back about 10 minutes later, walks back in. He goes, oh, it sounds much better now. And I said, yeah, it's the treble control. <laughs> I goosed the treble. So case in point, um, it's. It, look, it's just different structure, different folks. I think it has a lot to say about finance. You get the best that you can afford. You get the best that you can You can tell a difference in, too. That's the big part of it. You can't tell the difference between the Squire and the Fender. You don't buy the Fender. If you can't tell the difference between the Fender and the Fender Custom Shop, you don't buy the Fender Custom Shop. Even right. if you do tell the difference, you kind of want to weigh, like, is this worth $1,500? It's just like buying a car, folks. Everybody – I I would assume that we, we probably do have some younger listeners who may not have bought a car, but – I would assume that everybody who listens to the show has probably bought a car at some point and everybody'd love to have a BMW. The question is, is it worth the extra cost and maintenance? So now we can turn yeah, it over. Jumped and,
1: on, you jumped on what I was about to say. And that is. So I used to, I used to um, recommend, well, I still do, uh, but in a different way, I used to recommend, you know, people, uh, their purchases, mostly in, in the IT department. So um, a, a lot, lot of good, I
0: quit doing that a long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so back in the early days of building your own computers, people would come to me because really it, it was it was still a Wild, wild
0: West of stuff that you we were looking at. Can you look and at we, my specs and tell me if this is a good PC? I, I've exactly, heard exactly. And back, put yourself back in the
1: 386 DX days, or yeah, SX, yeah, yeah. right. And people would ask me, what, "What computer should I get? What computer should I get?" Back then, it was pretty easy. It was buy what you can afford buy the biggest baddest that you can afford because it, it, i said if you can't put your own pc together if you ask me to do it and i put it together and then because back then you had drivers yeah and no warranty drivers all that right i, I said you would i could put you together a much faster machine for the same amount of money but you're gonna have to ask me oh my you know something's going wrong what, what should i do and back then like i said it's very different
0: back so, when you had to get the drivers on a floppy disk
1: exactly and and so i'd have to say okay now i got to go over to their house and i'd have to put on a driver for their modem and then i'd have to bring over a driver for their
0: sound card i have to bring over a driver for their video card yeah you couldn't even do it with it you couldn't even do it with a um, you even do it with a, a, a thumb drive back then yeah because you didn't download drivers you, you know yeah. They ain't going they, 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 they just wanted something they could play
1: Doom Two on.
0: I can remember getting patches for games like Doom Two on floppy disk. Yeah. but band. now
1: you've got uh, you get the same question when it comes to cell phones. Everybody thinks they've got to have the biggest, baddest cell phone. I got to have the the fastest cell phone in the world. I'm like, so what are you doing with your cell phone? You're texting. You're taking some pictures, and you're emailing your mother. Um, you don't need the baddest one. You need the one you can see well. So pick the screen that's most comfortable for you. But remember, as you're holding that one-handed, you've got to be able to text with it, and you've got to be able to um, use it, you know. And and so is it too heavy for your one hand? We, we've we got a lot of people now. I mean, you got 12-year-olds with freaking carpal tunnel. Come on. But anyway. I'm well on I, my way. <laughs> I'm going way down a path. I don't need to go down. But well, the point is, now with guitars, it's like, do I really need um, the... the um, the biggest bad, do I need a blue sky or do I need a, uh, what or it? can I get
0: by with the canyons?
1: Right. Or can I get a canyons? or can I just get the boss?
0: Maybe yeah, a boss RV eight or whatever. Right. I don't
1: need all that stuff. And so that's where you've got to look at it, you know, which is going to lead us into our next discussion. And here folks who, who play in praise and worship, please do not think I'm speaking
0: of you. But today, specifically. There is one right. person in particular we're speaking of that we will not name.
1: Right. I will not name this person, but
0: David sent me personally. We were having an
1: offline discussion personally, okay? because I'm going to go into a, a generic of this, but I'm going to pick on this one person who happens to be a praise and worship player. And then I'm going to go into a generic of what, what really got under my skin about this person. So this is a YouTube person and he sent me this thing and the first thing I thought was Oh my god, I just know this is a praise worship player. I don't even need to be told. But of course, he's talking about his gigs and his setup. So I notice I notice several things. I noticed a bad haircut that he thinks is cool. Um, and, and supple hands um with a beautifully manicured nails, okay? Um he's got uh he's got um Eight, count them, eight OCDs on a board. I don't know why you'd ever have eight. He's so going to demo them. Right. Lined on a board, but he's got eight OCDs on a board. In the background, <clears throat> no less. Not like yeah, off to the, the side <throat> where he's going to grab
0: him afterwards. No.
1: And and he's got the most expensive guitars you can think of hanging from the wall. The one in his hand isn't a isn't Fender Jaguar. It's a sure Fender Jaguar knockoff uh, because it's got to be nicer than an actual
0: Fender Jaguar. Yeah, it was a sir. Um, yeah, right, Jack. I'm, I'm not good with the. Yeah, jet sir, I think it was a. I think it was a the sir version of it. It was a sir offset.
1: But it's an offset. That's the important thing, right? Um, earring, tattooed ring. Um,
0: you know, some people hand. are gonna be are gonna be troll in YouTube looking for this video. Oh yeah, um, had uh, it was demoing a piece of gear. It Doesn't matter what
1: piece of gear is. And I'm look. I'm like, okay, praise and worship. Then. He starts saying, "Yeah, my Sunday gigs, my Sunday, that's my Sunday." I'm like, my oh, Sunday God. gig, and and the thing I was getting at was this: I was like, "You have got probably forty thousand dollars a year sitting in that room." That oh, more than that, easily, easily forty thousand dollars in in that room. Yeah, like you said, probably more. I'm I'm being very conservative with that number, and you're showing off. Oh, oh! I forgot the the uh, shorts. He literally took a pair of like uh, nice, really,
0: really nice like Dockers, flax, and cut them and left the the you know the the
1: threads. Frayed cra- the frayed crap. Come on, cut the frays up! You are not. They you, weren't
0: dad shorts. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, and oh, and sandals. Okay, at least he didn't have socks on. He had sandals. I'm like, and and manicured toenails. Seriously, dude. All right. We get it. We get it. You, you are a praise and worship stereotype. You have, you are the reason that I look at PW guitar players and I go seriously, dude, is there that all that money? Are you truly giving, you know, your tithe the way you say you are? And number two is that church got, if there, if the church funded that, that church doesn't have better things to do with that much money. I mean, that's what that's what people outside of the church see. That's what they see. They see the the um, big uh, amounts of money that the church spends on stuff, and they go, "Yeah, but there's still somebody hungry on the corner." So I, I, I'm just saying. And and what I really want to get to is that the stereotypes. If you live the stereotype, like um, back in the '90s when the um, when the uh, folks started following Nirvana, yep. the stereotype was the Jaguar, uh, or it,
0: yeah, or the whatever offset.
1: Yep, they couldn't they couldn't play a, a telly or a strat. They had to get an offset. They had to get uh, they had to play um, simple stuff, and they had to um, uh, wear the, the thing. I got was the wearing.
0: Uh, it's still a part quality. of the hipster culture.
1: Yeah, the clothes of the hipster culture. Come on, you don't have to have a beard.
0: Fi- I have a beard. The, because the flannel.
1: Yeah, the flannel. That's exactly what I was trying to get at. The flannel, the jeans, the
0: I personally, I, I listen to what you're saying, and, and like I kind of agree with the you. The punks but it just... did it. The punks did the same thing. I can't remember the shoes, the brand of shoes. Converse. They, they had to have a specific,
1: yeah. They were either converse sneakers. It was a boot, not Docker. Uh,
0: uh, oh, I know what you're talking the boot,
1: about. The boot, but they were like a black boot. All the punks had to have all the punks had to have a hairdo that like this. It was like it, you're living the stereotype. You you could do other stuff.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I, the last thing I get concerned about is following fashion trends. Yeah, I, and, de- I definitely know. But here's the thing: so we see these people as being p dubs, right? Now, there's a couple things we got to remember. Most, most, most people. Yeah. Most of these um, worship leaders who I've got friends who are actually worship leaders in, in different circles and things um, are trying to present themselves in a way that's acceptable and or cool to young people because um, most of these guys are older than they look too. And that's something yeah. that I found that that many of them are 10 yeah. years older than you think they are. And um, it's, it's – they, they it's, want to – appear like they fit into that community so that they can the 17 18 19 year olds will be like feel like they belong um and that's just part of part of the, the situation but i think that, that what what you're identifying as being these like p-dubs things are normally they're just hipster culture in general um and like it drives me crazy that hipster culture is driving the guitar market the way it is when there are probably more other people interested in guitar in a serious way than than the quote unquote hipster culture. Because like we've we've talked about offsets on this show before. Offsets are a perfect example of like the the fashion trends working their ways into guitars because it's really born out of that like sonic youth nirvana momentum at that time. Before that, you could find those guitars for nothing in a pawn shop. As soon as that happened, those things skyrocketed. And it's because of the, 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 um, the aesthetic appeal. Like, that's the way I look at it. And I think that a lot of those people don't actually appreciate the guitar for what it is. I do know some people who like offsets because they actually like offsets. Like, they like the guitar. But I know other people who are very image conscious. And, like, extremely image conscious. And it's like, I wouldn't play that because I don't like the way it looks or it's not cool to play that. And it's like, okay, fine. So you'll buy a Sir, which is known for playability. That that whole thing, the Sir, the Sir Jaguar or whatever that was, that cracked me up because I'm like, wait a minute. These guitars were known for not playing well. And then you bought a version that is strictly designed to play well. It's like you kind of defeated the purpose. It's like buying a, a buying an airline that has a that has a fourteen inch radius and and uh, a double a, you know double action truss rod, so it could be completely straight and flat, and you get it with stainless steel frets and leveled. Plect, yeah. Plect. <laughs> Um It just it, it it just seems counterintuitive to me. Um, so, I the the fashion trends are one thing like. I, they drive me crazy. The super tight skinny jeans, the, um, the, the really expensive shoes and the, the, um, flannels, the beards. Like I have facial hair, right? I was doing this before it was cool. <laughs> um, I do it because I'm lazy and I don't want to shave, but that's the <laughs> side from the point. That's why Jim is, Jim has watched as this thing has gotten like longer and longer. And pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that like, um, Sasquatch is going to come out of here, and maybe at Gear Fest he'll fight Man Squatch. Like that's kind of what I'm kind of what yeah. I'm for. That the, I the, be- the being that lives inside my beard will come out and shake hands with uh, Greg Cock You know, it's a like good game. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I don't really. I, I have a reaction to the fashion of it, but I know hipsters that are cool, like nice people. I just I, I I don't immediately write people off when I see them like that. So I sent you that video because there was information in it. And yeah. I was laughing because of the OCDs. I'm like seriously that's like name dropping. Like that's what that is because he had every version of the OCD, you know, like cuz there are eight or nine versions.
1: My only problem um, with the with the praise and worship. I have no problem with the praise and worship team having a really nice set of gear. They have to have a nice set of gear, especially in a larger church. You you know, we, we talked about practicality. You got good sound, you got have everything else. But don't don't flaunt it the way the guy did. Yet every pedal had to be in the shot. He could have been closer in the shot, but he had to widen it up enough. And then he had to take guitars that truly should have been on stands and set them up against the wall so that they they were in the shot. Look at all my guitars. No, oops, I got a couple that are hanging
0: out of frame. Let me get them. Let me get them in here. Well, my reaction to that is he's not getting, making those guitars from gear money, from from church money. Those yeah. those guitars. So either he's one of multiple people living in that house, his parents have money, or he's getting money from YouTube, and that's how he's that's- buying all his gear. That's a possibility. There are a lot of a lot of PW YouTube channels Or know. he makes he makes money on gear in some way, and and may not maybe not gear endorsements. Maybe he does tutorials or makes patches or yeah. uh, does impulse response models and sells them online. And yeah. oftentimes, a lot of guys that do the PW gig, like they do that because they like to do it, but they got a side gig and that's where they make their money and. <laughs> I, I didn't get that impression from him, but I already kind of have some forethought as to where that money is actually coming from, which we could talk about after the show. And like the money is one thing. So I don't like that either. I, I really don't like it when I see, because um, I I dealt with, uh, in fact, I had this happen recently. I was at a guitar center. I was, buying, um, I was buying a pair of headphones or something. And I was in the pro audio department and there were guys from a church in front of me who were buying a PA. They'd been there twice in two days. Right. And they were trying to buy like a $6,000 PA on a credit card. Right. And they're, they, they wanted their church approval. And the guy behind the counter was like, we can't do that. You need a letter from your church. Well, we, we don't, we don't know what the letter's supposed to say. So then he breaks out the binder and he says, here's a sample copy. Take this to your church, have them sign it. Right. right? And, um, they're like, well, we don't understand why, why we can't why we can't just get the church thing without you know them being here or whatever. And he's like, that is state law. You have to have the person that has the license sign that document saying that they authorize us to be tax exempt. And it was a whole thing. But you know for a fact there are people that abuse that. Like a church could buy gear tax exempt, right? And then go sell it willy-nilly they could sell it to their members and nobody would know and so it would be like well i'll give it to you tax less and you don't pay tax on it i mean yeah the church is not going to make any money on that but they're not losing any money either are they so i know somewhere out there there is a church that is buying really expensive gear and letting their members buy it back from them to keep it because they don't want to store it or they don't, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Maybe they're trying to be unscrupulous. Maybe they don't realize that's a tax problem, that that's not something you should do. Um, And that sucks because I don't like to see anybody abusing the law in this country because we have these laws and the people that abuse them are the ones that make things worse for everybody else. Um, So I'm not going to get into the whole political discussion, but you, but you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I totally understand like seeing somebody like that and the initial gut reaction is all he does is play in church on Sunday. And like he has the look of somebody that all he does is play in church on Sunday, but he may be part of a touring church band or something. And that may be a big part of that. Like, you know, there, they, you probably remember some of the old, the old school performers that used to get hired out to like travel around and as part of like a gospel show and whatnot. So.
1: Yeah, well, I do remember the thing that that gets me is because I do remember wearing spandex. And I mean, like, <laughs> not, not a good thing. It's not—I don't think it's a good look for anybody. <laughs> so, I, I'm just saying that that's that's where I'm talking about the generalization of the stereotypes as any stereotype. Yeah, I mean, there were people who would you know dress a certain way, or look a certain way, do a certain thing, all because it was part of that culture. And that was the reason they did it. They didn't do it because they felt that it was the right thing to do or the thing that they wanted to do. They did it because it's part of the culture.
0: Do you realize what my first, so like I was like probably 17, 18 years old when this happened? Might have been a little bit older. When I first had the realization that I didn't have to worry about like what people thought of what I did, yeah. and my, the first thing I did was I bought an iPod. Like, that was... Because I was like, I'm not going to support Apple. Like, I don't want people to know that, you know... I don't want people to think that I like Apple and like (laughs) their products and everything. And then, uh, slowly and slowly, all of my friends started to get iPods. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, why is this thing so good? I drew a line in the sand. I didn't get one for two years. I drew a line in the sand. And there's a reason I drew a line in the sand. And that was that the Apple had... It was the iPod was lossy, right? So it had MP3 and AAC and I had MP3 files. I played MP3s on my computer, but I was always the guy that was like, they don't sound good to me. Like those files sound like garbage to me. And then one day I just said, you know what? I can't win this fight. And I bought an iPod. And that was when I realized like, this is a great product. And I I think that might've actually been one of their last truly great products. Um, and I just remember thinking like, what have I missed out on? Like, and, and, and for, for probably 10 years after that, I was just like completely agnostic to the whole idea of like being imaged or cultured in a specific way or being visible in a certain way. Cause I just didn't care anymore. I was like, well, I'm missing out. Like there's other things I could be enjoying and started to realize that, you know, even just the, the idea of like drawing the line in the sand as i had characterized it becomes kind of silly and it's like if everybody's doing something and i'm not saying that the herd mentality is good either but there's probably something there are worth we're talking about or worth looking at so you know the helix for example everybody's buying the helix right now there's probably a reason for that like everybody's bought deluxe reverbs over the years we know there's a reason for that I mean, it's a four hundred dollar gigable amp that sounds really good at, at the two things it does really well, which is get loud and sound like a Fender. <laughs> you know, um, and that and that's my 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 thesis on this is that when you see somebody that that follows trends like that so closely, you kind of stop and you think to yourself, like, what is this dude missing out on? Subconsciously, I think you do. I think you go, like, why why does this person not understand? uh that you don't have to wear cut off shorts like you could wear shorts that don't have crap that hangs down and itches you all day long you don't have to wear sandals like you could go barefoot if you really if you're in your house you don't have to show off your sandals or your moccasins you could go barefoot or you could put socks on or you know it's like no one cares and if you're gonna do your guitar thing you don't have to have a jaguar like I would actually be more interested in this guy doing a doing a, a praise and worship kind of thing with like an ES335 or gonna, just something yeah, off the wall. I'm gonna devil's advocate my own
1: my own statement, and that is that if I was doing a channel like that, where my income now you're getting is revolving around the look, the feel, and the audience participating because they felt that I was representing them, the product as well. That's exactly what I was going to say, as well as the persons Then I think that I probably would fall in line with
0: that. Bingo. Bingo. Still. That's exactly what a praise and worship leader thinks. If I, and, and their goal is not money, right? Their goal is to get people interested in the spirit. So their whole thing is, how do I get, and usually they're like youth leaders too? Like, how do I get the youth to, to look at me that way? Correct. And that and once you once you put it in that narrative, like everything changes. However, it does not change my feelings on hipsters. Because hmm. if you're not Because like, hipsters have choice. Exactly. It's not even about choice, really. I mean, it's, it's the fact that they just like follow trends and, you know, I used to drive me nuts. Right. So you'd have your conformists and you'd have your non-conformists. And I always laughed because I'm like, if you're a conformist, then you're just like everybody else. But if you're a non-conformist, you're just like everybody else in the negative, meaning you are conforming, except that you are choosing to do the exact opposite.
1: You're conforming to the non-conforming.
0: You're not, you're (laughs) not. A, a true non-conformist until you see the path and you say, I'm going to do what's right for me. Screw you and screw you on both sides. Okay. Right. And so yeah. I encourage anybody who's listening to the show tonight, tell everybody screw you tomorrow and quit your job and go find what yeah. you want to do. <laughs> oh, no, don't actually do that. <laughs> don't actually do that folks. But, but seriously though, think about, um, think about how this relates to your guitar buying and guitar habits just because everybody jumps out and says this new pedal X is great. Does it even fit your genre? Cause like that I've gotten into that where I'm like, Oh, this is a great drive. Like this is, and I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't do fusion. This doesn't do metal. Like what am I buying this for? You know? Um, and I think brands identities and I'm covering my mouth. Sorry. Um, I think brand identities have a big portion of this to do with the fact that they pick these groups and and work within these groups like brands like zvex and jhs and Keeley and i and um wampler and all the rest of them kind of like pick a niche in the in the culture of that is guitar players right and they like they hammer that niche hard right so i think wampler goes after like the pro-am dudes right who can't who want to have different amplifiers? It really can't. So he makes these like amp in a box pedals. He's getting away from that though. He's doing a lot more professional, like professionally oriented stuff now. But um, like Robert Keeley goes after the you know the 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 modding crowd. Like a lot of his pedals are based on other pedals, and I feel like they're they're kind of like they're really firmly aimed at the model the the um the modern interpretation of classic kind of crowd. But but then you look at JHS. Was JHS what JHS's market, and I know people are going to poo poo me for this. JHS's market is P dubs hardcore. If you don't think that you're not, you've not been paying attention because they very much like the way that they structure their videos, there's no dirt or grime anywhere to be seen, like it's very squeaky clean. And I feel like, um, I feel like the pedals themselves, the way they're laid out and stuff, is like an iconography that speaks to people that would be more interested in like religious iconography like in the sense that you know it's it's like a tableau or something of that nature like i, I there's some subconscious cues going on with that company that are very like very interesting and i don't necessarily know that they're doing that they're doing it on purpose but it's but it's something that they've gravitated towards and this is their brand image and it's so it fits this group and this group is the people that buy them um case in point in that video the guy's playing um He's playing through his thing, and he's like, "Oh, you gotta have a tube screamer because if it's it can't be PWS without a tube screamer, right?" What did GHS just release? They released the Boneside, which is every tube screamer in one box. Like, hello, I mean uh, the the Supero, the the Superbolt, right? Supero pedal. Who do you think that was for? (laughs) <laughs> um, I just I I get this very strong feeling that there's some like uh, that they're marketing towards that market now. Should they? Yes, absolutely, because it's a big market, and I think that that um, dubs has always been driving the sale of PA equipment and guitar equipment and organs and pianos, and this isn't changing. Like this has been the case for the last fifty to sixty years. Um. So these markets like are very important markets. And I think it's, it's crucial that these companies uh, follow them. But I also get this like weird taste in my mouth when I go to buy a JHS pedal, which I can't really say because I've never bought a JHS pedal. I bought a JHS boss pedal, but the point is like, I feel weird about it. Cause I'm like, I don't really fit their target market. Like, even though that shouldn't matter. I'm like, what are people going to think? Are they going to think I'm doing P-dubs now? Like, is that what this means? Um, and I, do I care? Not, not a whole lot, but I mean, it just doesn't, it enters into the equation. Like when you, when I think about it, you know, it's like, who's this geared towards? Um, because let's face it, my rig is not like what you'd find in a typical P-dubber's rig. Like that's, um, and, and that's what it boils down to. It's like, if I had a triple crown, right, I'm not going to be buying a boost. That's like being used to push deluxe reverbs in worship houses. I'm going to buy something that's going to push a Marshall, you know, um, not to say that Marshalls don't end up in houses of worship, but I'm just saying that like the typical, that typical iconography of that movement is like a clean fender, a Benson, um, a milkman, or uh, you know, a Vox AC 30, lots of Vox tones, matchless. And you know, I'm, I, I want to be really clear. Like I have a lot of friends who play peat up gigs, so I'm not trying to poo poo on these people it's just easy to to use that as a, as a cultural group because they have a very clear, like cultural stereotype already applied to them. And I think anybody, even the people that are members of that community know that there is a cultural stereotype there. That's why we have memes where it's like, Oh, these are proper pedal boarding shoes. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like you don't have that meme. Like you might have some eighties hair metal memes, but like, you don't have memes for like, for like the, Oh, you do though. Like, I guess, I, I guess I just don't, I don't since I don't really see myself fitting in with these other cultural groups. I keep forgetting that we have like dad rock, and that we have like the um, the flaming okay, fla- so flaming let's, fifty you know 50s shirt like bowling <coughs> shirt guy you know like that's what I was
1: gonna say. So let's what would be a uh, stereotypical dad rocker if you were to look at a band and go dad rock? All you do is say, "Yep, guys over 50 or or, or uh, I guess ooh, no, I don't, I don't. I don't even
0: think over fifty. I think, 40s, I think that, that somebody in 42, 43, somebody who's older, who's still, gra- who's still holding on to the, the, their, the music of their youth. Dad rockers. Like really holding on to the music of their youth.
1: No, I mean, if you were to walk into a club without hearing any music, like that guy today for me, mm-hmm. I knew, yep, p Um What would you say? Okay. Yep. That's a dad rocker.
0: I would say he has to look like he's in his forties at minimum. Uh, button-up shirt it's a big part of it slacks um slacks indoor jeans and then like just comfortable shoes like a dude that doesn't really care like it's just like all right i play guitar like no big deal um i think there's two types of dad rockers though i think they're those guys and i think there's the guys with like the cut off the cut off sleeves and the uh you know the uh the cargo shorts and uh <coughs> That, oh, you know, Lord, like yeah. yeah, the like ankle <laughs> socks with, with shorts kind of deal. And then the uh, you know, they got the they, go, they they're the ones that go to the guitar store and they're like looking at the eighties metal guitars. Those are the ones that are like, yeah, like I wanna be satchel kinda and, and it's because they're holding on to the music of their youth. That's what it is. I would consider right. that dad rock in a nutshell. Let me ask you let me ask you this. Round round and round. That's what they're gonna sing later, you know.
1: Yeah. And they're going to do it either in the original key badly, or they're going to tune it um, a full four steps down or so.
0: Yeah. But
1: let's. Uh, how about how about um, you walk into a uh, you walk into a guitar clinic, right? And uh, they're doing doesn't matter what the guitar clinic is. Let's say we're going to we're gonna, we're going to be at. I was going to say we're going to go through a bunch of them here shortly. We're gonna, so we're going to go to Sweetwater. We should we should go like. You know, point at people and go, okay, that's a dad rocker, that's a, a um that's a That's a great idea. And then ask them what's the primary kind of music So let's see if we get because what would you say what a jazzer looks like? Would you would you say a jazzer is the guy with the um like a little ponytail pulled a little bit into the back, probably wearing dark clothes, um,
0: and broody? You know what we need to do? <laughs> yeah. We need to go with signs, right? and we need to and we need to stand behind the sign and it says come over and talk to us. And then yeah. when they come over we're going to have three questions. And we're going to have them define what is dad rock? Yeah. Like can you explain to me what you think dad rock is? Yeah. And we'll preface it and be like look this is we're doing it for the show but we we, we want right. to you know but like get let's get some actual like other interpretations of this stuff. Yeah. Um and then I have we need to set up some question some questions to ask industry people. Like yeah, oh what's yeah, your, I got a punch. What's your favorite? What like? What's your desert island rig? Like, mm-hmm. what's the one rig that you know, the holy grail for you? Like, yeah. I, I I think we can get some interesting like pizza questions. You know, people like to ask like, what's your favorite pizza? I think we can come up with some actual guitar ones. You know, people yeah. actually might care. Some useful questions. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what podcast that was, uh, but you know, I the last thing I care about is what is pa- Paul Reed Smith's favorite pizza? Just don't care.
1: Just don't, don't care. care. And it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make a gosh darn bit of difference. It's probably an East Coast pizza. Their equipment <laughs> is gonna yeah, what their
0: equipment's gotta be. It's gonna be a, it's not gonna be a reflection of the gear that, that they make or sell. Well, that's why that's what I'm hoping to find is that like <laughs> they make the gear because they understand it, but that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily what drives them wild. Right. It's about market. Right. And Absolutely that's, that's my point. Um so hopefully we get to meet some interesting folks there and work through some of those questions. Okay. Um, if you're still on the fence about going to Gear Fest, I'm gonna give my, I'm gonna give my little Gear Fest commercial. Either they don't pay us, they don't sponsor this podcast, they don't even know where we're going. Uh, well, they do, but on on a very basic level. Um, I wanna I wanna do my little commercial, which is that if you if you have money sitting somewhere and you can go and you can just drive up there in a day's drive, right? If you or or like you can get up at like five o'clock in the morning, get in the car and drive to Gearfest, Do it. If you've never gone, do it. Because you will meet people that you have you will never have the opportunity to meet unless you go to a NAMM show. And you will see deals that you will never see outside of uh, that, that kind of event on New Gear. You will get to go to the flea market tent and see people all over the state of Indiana who have come down and some from southern Wisconsin and some from southern Michigan and some from ohio you know and like you're gonna it's just a great event and there's lots of education and that's the one thing that like i didn't get to take advantage of list last year so having double coverage here i'm gonna actually get to go sit in some of these sessions which is gonna make this really really cool for me because like that's some of the stuff i missed out on last year so if you have the chance to go go Come meet us. We'll we'll be there. We'll be nice to you. I promise. You know, I like to yell at the microphone, but I won't yell at you. I promise. <laughs> I I promise. Oh. I break promises, just so you know. Yeah, but I'll try not to break them. I'll probably yell at Jim at least one time while we're there. He'll yell
1: at me. He definitely will yell at me.
0: Yeah, especially I when will. especially when he's like going to the grocery to get frozen food or something. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. We're gonna be there like three days. It's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: I have to go to the grocery.
0: Store. Yeah, he's gonna get that. You're gonna get them frozen, uh, frozen uh, uh, um, Papa John's, Weight Watchers meals. Weight Watchers yeah, Papa John's. <laughs> You, you and your Papa John's, man. Get, like you've had Papa John's probably fifty or sixty times, uh, like before the funny. show. Yeah, we're on episode 120. That's like 120 yes. something. That's like 50 percent of the time you're eating Papa John's before the show. That's a terrible thing. I'll <laughs> tell you that right now. Papa John's, it's a terrible thing. It is. It's like the worst pizza on earth. Why are we talking about pizza? We don't care about pizza. Hey, does does pineapple belong on pizza? The answer is yes. I'm
1: sorry, people. If you think their answer is no, you're wrong. I'm, I'm right. right, you're wrong.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> I, I would rather I would rather flush your pineapple down the toilet. To be honest with you. Pizza, you know pizza is about meat and cheese, mother uh it's about meat and cheese others um wow. and if 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 you like i can't eat it. mushrooms no um if it's meat or cheese i'll eat it oh let me check my app okay papa johns no says no no pineapple stop it let's see what the, let's see what the
1: special is this week we're not, not they, talking about
0: after, pizza on this show they, i'm going to have to cut they all they after, of this out are they
1: after p doubles p dubbers Let's, let's figure this out. Okay, ready? Um, meaty barbecue pizza. Definitely after P dovers. P dovers don't eat um, pizza with pineapples.
0: Is it vegan? <laughs> it's a
1: vegan pizza. <laughs> a, a vegan. Could you vegan imagine? Pizza. Could you imagine? Right. Barbecue. <laughs> think about that for a minute. Well, the some barbecue pizza and some bread vegan no it's it's called meats barbecue meats or barbecue chicken and bacon pizza i can dig vegan that pizza
0: sauce bread vegan pizza that's it sauce
1: bread vegan pizza well i mean let's face it pizza is the perfect food because you can have you can have fruit on it you can, you can get um
0: Veggie pizza, or you know candy. how I feel about my my hierarchies of tone, right? You know
1: what we'll have to do is I'll 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 like ask my friend. So I have a friend that lives. I won't spend his name on the podcast. But I have a friend who lives in Fort Wayne. I'm glad he lives. I'll ask him um, specifically what's the best pizza place we can go to for pizza? Because we have we have um, we, we have a it. listener who we don't we don't know if he asked for remain anonymous or not. We have to get good food because the listener says something. Like. To buy something. Yes,
0: well, I know we, we got Shigs and Pit,
1: so we gotta get we gotta get something. Shigs. We're either gonna go get steak. You and I are gonna go
0: get steaks, or we're gonna. Um, we're gonna... Shigs and Pit would be fine, but uh, they also have the the Hoppy Gnome, which is good too. They're, I mean, like we'll we'll find something. There's good stuff there. There's a lot of fun places. I think we should do a
1: karaoke night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be so exhausted. Like, you have no idea, man. You're going like this is an event that will wear you out. I know. I have to drive 12 hours on the way back. I know that's why I'm like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to karaoke night. Like, you're no. I don't sing. You don't have to sing. Actually, you're probably one of the like four people that I know that's heard me sing.
1: Yeah, see,
0: I know you can sing because I've
1: heard you do have and you can do it. <laughs> I know. Some, somebody's going to tell me I'm good. <laughs> how many of you guys need to need to hear David do his best? As a matter of fact, even if we just do it at the house, we're going to have out some Hendricks, and you're going to have to sing it.
0: All right, all right. I, but I get to have the lyrics in front of me.
1: That's fine. That's fine. okay. You I'll get to use a music stand. I'll bring a
0: music stand. I'll do it. All right. All right. I'm glad somebody's bringing a music stand. My car's going to be packed. somebody Let me give me. Let me give me. Like before we before we uh, dial out here. Let me give you the. Let me give the lowdown on all the stuff that's going right. So. My Mark V, the cabinet, which is a micro 1x12. I'm bringing in one guitar. I'm bringing bringing the uh, uh, Kiesel. I'm bringing probably no pedals. I might bring pedals I could probably bring because I can stick them in a box and it'll be really small. I'm bringing my camera equipment, which consists of two iPhones, um, my stabilizer, microphones. I'm bringing a box of microphones. I'm bringing my Zoom H6, right? And uh, that's probably it. I'm bringing that Telecaster. I wasn't done yet. Stratocaster. Oh, you said that's about it. I'm it for (laughs) for me. But I'm driving down with Dan Kish. (laughs) Right. He's bringing a 2x12 cab, a Katana head, possibly two guitars. (laughs) (laughs) And we're putting this in the back of a Passat. (laughs) I'm
1: bringing two guitars. Luckily, I have the whole car to myself. I'm bringing two guitars. I'm bringing the Marshall. I'm going to bring my pedal board, which is relatively simple. Um, I'm bringing a microphone so that people can sing. I am bringing a stand, music stand, um, uh, microphone stand. I think I said Oh, you're going to bring, oh, that's right. You're bringing I'm a, PA, bring a little yeah. PA thing. Yep. So we're going to be able to play, play around, and, and have some fun bringing the alto
0: 2000 watts power that should be plenty for us yeah although so i don't know and i'll bring a speaker
1: stand because we're gonna get it up in the air we're gonna be able to hear it I'm not gonna uh,
0: put it on the floor let's see we'll see we'll see how my how my rig is after so
1: you better bring um a camera thing i'll bring the camera
0: uh don't let me forget i'll bring my, a tripod tripod yeah i have a i have a, a man-sized tripod and it's a little bit taller than you are jim
1: yeah. It's just, oh, and I'm bringing yeah, because I'm a little bit shorter <laughs> than man. I'm only two inches taller than you. I know. I'm only five seven guys. I'm bringing a, um, I'm bringing my Focusrite and my laptop and this microphone
0: so we can do our live cast Oh, the, the podcast I'm recording with this. Oh, cool. So, oh, we can do it that way. That's yeah, I can run an aux okay. out. I mean, that's no so big deal.
1: That's good. We can we can record the jams with that too. That's, That's good.
0: what I was planning to do.
1: And I'll bring I'll bring a, um, some jump uh, some well we used to call them jump drives some uh, flash drives so that
0: yeah I, I have a bunch of them. Get too. you to give me a copy of that
1: stuff so I can hear it flat
0: mm. right back because it's going to be hilarious. hilarity hilarity yeah. It's hilarity. Be in a frat house for like two days.
1: Yep. yep. Loud,
0: obnoxious until eleven yep. o'clock.
1: The only thing different about the frat house, I was going to say, there's only two things that would be different about the frat house. Number one, there will probably be maybe three or four beers flowing <laughs> instead of like yeah of thirty dollars. or forty. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there there will be um, no pot,
0: and uh, people will be in bed by eleven. <laughs> and no, and no sorority girls will be will be in the house. So yeah, there will be there will be none of that here. Yeah, I mean, we got Tom ba- Tom Bonner's right gonna be I think we're all a bunch of married men right sure. I mean, yeah we're all married yeah so except for well Kish is technically not married but he's oh. yeah he basically he's basically married um yeah. so yeah all right uh this has been a long episode it has been. I have been David well, I've been Jim and we've been the practical guitarists
1: we yeah. have
0: sure I'll turn <laughs> this off anytime sometime soon When? When am I going to turn this off? (laughs) I'm going to turn it off.